Welcome to another edition of We Want to Talk About It. Now, it's been a while since we've done this, but we're returning to our top 100 NBA players of all time. I'm here with Steven Sosa to go over spots 50 to 41. And I'm just going to hop right into it, Steven, because we are a little bit behind scheduled with some technical difficulties that we've had. And I'm just going to start with number 50, Paul Pierce. Now, I struggled getting Paul Pierce into this list because I am a very big supporter that the trade that got Kevin Garnett to Boston was in fact made easier because Kevin McHale, a former Boston, former Boston Celtic, was just doing his friend Danny Ainge a solid. That allowed Paul Pierce to get that one championship ring, go to another mm-hmm. championship, and kind of give him a resume of a all-time great, but I'm not sure if he was. I think you don't give Kevin Garnett. We're forgetting about Paul Pierce. Maybe he doesn't even make the Hall of Fame. That championship is one of the most important championships to anyone's legacy ever um, because he only had the one. Paul but Pierce Paul, Pierce. Was gonna, Paul Pierce was going to the Hall of Fame uh, whether or not he won a championship. I really believe that. But like, so even if Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett had not joined him, I think he would have been a Hall of Fame player. Really? But he, yes. Hmm. But uh, I think he would have had a good good enough resume resume to make the Hall of Fame, but uh, I don't think he would have won a championship. Hmm. Yeah, I guess if everyone is making it into the Hall of Fame anyway, uh, because like what else? Did, like what other? I guess I could pull it up. Like what other acc- accolades does he have? But like he's el- if, great, if you eliminate the championship, he's a great scorer and he's he's pretty high up there on the scoring list all time. Uh, I can't remember exactly where, but he's pretty high up there on the scoring so, list. Ten time all NBA All Star, one second team, three third teams, and that's it. Yeah, that's a really good resume, dude. Yeah. So, especially if it's the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, because he was like pretty awesome in college. So, uh, anyone who like is amazing in college and does well, I, I think they should be uh, in the in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But that's my number fifty. Is your fifty right? Um, so, Paul Pierce, like, uh, and then uh, my number fifty is Kevin Love. Uh, a guy that, uh, I, he has been one of my favorite players in the NBA since he came in the league because I love great rebounders. Uh, I love, uh, a great passer and he's both of those and he's, he can shoot the ball, you know? So, uh, um, Kevin Love is one of the all-time great rebounders on on like a Dennis Rodman type level with the rebounding, you know. I once saw him have a 31.30 rebound, 31 rebound game. So when he was on in Minnesota, he was even more of a beast than he was when he went to the Cavs, you know, with his numbers. Uh, it's just that he went to the Cavs and was able to win and win win a championship and stuff. Hmm. But I love I love uh, Kevin Love, uh, great uh, shooter off the catch, um, <clears throat> has three point range, legit three point range, 
where he could shoot like it's possible that he could shoot 40 something percent from three, you know, one year, you know, um, uh, he's, he's, he's just, I, I got a lot of love for Kevin Love. A lot of love for Kevin Love. I think, uh, I, I don't have a problem with his inclusion in this list. I, the only problem I have is how high he's placed on the list. Although with having Paul Pierce, Kevin Love, very similar, uh, what, Besides that one championship with LeBron and the success he saw with LeBron, which I know you have to play with other players, and I think that trade was a little bit more natural how that all went down. So I'm not like poo-pooing the trade, just never, never won without somebody else. Which I know, like Michael Jordan was going to the playoffs without Scottie Pippen. I know you could be like, well, Bill Cartwright was there, or like Charles Oakley was there. I know you can like mention that too, but Kevin Love required really great talent around him to make it to the finals, but. That and that's a and that's a fair point, but like you can't ignore the crazy, crazy bonkers numbers he would put up. Like sometimes it looked like Will Chamberlain or something, you know, like uh, thirty-one points and thirty-one rebounds in a game is ridiculous. That's cool. That is cool. Like there, but there's a lot of people who have one really cool game, you know, like, I, yeah, I like but I, he also, but he also, but he also had like 40 plus double doubles in a row. Is Scott Skiles on your list? <laughs> no, but 30, 30 but assists in a game, Scott, but, but Scott Skiles ain't no Kevin Love. I know. I'm just playing uh, my number 49. Another, Ooh. another, Boston great Bob Cousy. Um, just doing a lot of research on uh old Bob Arino. Seems like he was great. Seemed like Bill Russell really, really liked him. Um, only positive things to say. I, I honestly have never watched the man. All of mine is based on his career accolades. Got so he's one of the most valuable player, all-star multiple times. Uh, a lot of first team hell NBAs looks like he should be included somewhere on this list. So just out of respect for the past, I threw Bob Cousy on there. Yeah. Bob Cousy should definitely be on this list. Yes. Good. Okay. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't make a mistake. Bob Cousy definitely should be. And, uh, you know, solid pick. The guy is one of the pioneers of the NBA game. And, and, uh, uh, used to, he was the first flashy point guard, you know, in the NBA. So he was the first guy that you would see doing like, like flashy passes and, you know, the ball handling and all that. Now his ball handles were not on the same level of like Iverson or, you know, Jason Williams or something, but he for his time he was like great at that stuff yeah and i would just also like to to point out that in blue chips the movie blue chips he plays a a character in that movie and he's older because that movie was made in the 90s with uh shack and penny hardaway you know and nick nolte and uh Bob Cousy is in the movie. Larry Bird is briefly in the movie also. 
it's like this is a basketball movie you know but uh uh anyway there's a part in that movie where bob cousy makes like 10 free throws in a row or something like that without missing and he's doing it underhanded and it's just like ridiculous you know and he's doing it for real on camera it's not anyway uh i just wanted to share that because i saw that and went wow you know that shows you how great he used to be yeah let's uh let's choose your 49 okay my 49 is james worthy noise so james uh, worthy james worthy uh was was taken number one overall by the lakers in uh in uh, the 1982 nba draft um big game james was his nickname because he always came up big and in, in closeout games and really big games where it mattered you know he'd have like a triple double and he had like some of the biggest games of his entire career you know, on the big stage. So, and when it mattered most. So, uh, he was great. He was an awesome scorer. He had a post-up game uh, around 6'9 or so. Uh, could really score the ball. Wasn't really a three-point shooter. More of a mid-range shooter and post-up player kind of guy, you know. But could could really score the ball, could do all kinds of different things and was really athletic. So, and, you know, as I mentioned, uh, implied, uh, he was very skilled, you know. Can I do a sliding doors moment really, really quick here? What if the Lakers instead drafted Dominique Wilkins instead of James Worthy? Do they have the NBA championships that they, I think they had three with James. They might, just that. I think they have more if they have Dominique Wilkins is why I say that. They might, I was going to say they might have ended up getting more because I mean, in a way you never really know, but like if we're playing hot tub time machine, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I would say I think they would have gotten more championships. Uh, they probably would have won a couple of more championships if they had, because Dominic Wilkins became a franchise player and then became a Hall of Famer, you know? And I think uh, I've been watching this Lakers documentary on Hulu and the 1984 championship. I know you're not supposed to do this. Like, don't single out players. Like, I think they lose that championship because of James. Because of James Worthy, um, that's that's. But they go on to win three with him. So you know, who who's uh, who's to say? Like they end up winning in 85, 80, 87, and eighty eight. So it all it all kind of worked out. But um, anyway, I, because yeah. I've just been as I've been watching the scene, I was like, have I incredibly overrated James Worthy? Was he one of those people who benefited greatly from being on the Lakers? And it was just like, oh, magic. Magic and Kareem are doing most of the work. Now he did win the finals MVP in 88. So I want to give credit where credit is due, but yeah. anyways. 
But okay. when you when I think about that team, I think of him as the third best player on the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, me too. Third so best? James Worthy, James James Wait Worthy a was second. a great player. You don't think that my number 48, Bob McAdoo, was the best third banana on the Lakers during their championship runs? You don't think that? I I gotta say it's James Worthy. <laughs> That was just me trying to slyly do my number 47, uh, 48, uh, Bob McAdoo. Uh, we got a string of Bobs coming up just so everybody's just so everybody's uh, ready for that. But yeah, he won the yeah, two-time I NBA mean, champion I... with the Lakers in 82 and 85. Also won a most valuable player, a couple of scoring titles, and was really, really good in, uh, 19, uh, in the 1970s. Yeah, we already talked about how he's a former league MVP and and uh you know uh scoring champion and everything and uh so you know by the time the 80s came around he was already past his prime you know so like yeah and he was really good in the 80s so you can imagine you know he was awesome in the 70s yeah he definitely like i just want to make sure everyone knows i think james worthy in that lakers run <laughs> Was probably more important to the Lakers than Bob McAdoo. Uh, just, just, just joshing, just joshing around. Uh, yeah. Who's your number forty-eight? My number forty-eight is Chris Weber. LOL. So a little too high on the list, but okay. Whatever. <laughs> I get to put him wherever I want. Anyway, uh, so Chris Weber, my mom, I think it's. I was, when I was a little kid, I used to laugh because his last name's Weber and my mom used to call him Spider-Man. And uh, because she'd be watching the game with me and he'd do things with the ball, sometimes just snatch it with his hand and stuff because he had like, he has big giant mitts for hands, you know. Even for a basketball player, he has like giant hands. And... uh, He's obviously one of the best passers ever um, and just uh, had had swagger, uh, uh, played with flair, play, played uh, played unselfishly. So uh, that's Chris Weber. I love it. Um, Chris Weber is on my list. Definitely higher on the list. We discussed that uh, before. Chris Weber just very instrumental during my basketball formative years. So got to say, despite his bad attitude in the nineties from 1999 to 2005 or 2006, whenever he left the Kings, very uh, influential in my basketball world. Yeah, I think it was 2005 actually, but sometimes I get the years mixed up, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, heading on to my number 47, (laughs) three bobs in a row, uh, the Hawk himself, Bob Pettit. Uh, he was good. Uh, once again, some of that I never watched, but doing all of the research, uh, yeah, doing all the research for this seemed like he should be on this list based on the won a championship, won a couple MVPs, lots of all stars, definitely a number of all NBA first teams. Overall, had a year where he aver- had a year where he averaged 20 rebounds, right? 
Yeah, like he was a rebound leader in 1956. Just an absolute gem of a person. For his career, though, this is why I had to add him. 26.16 rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, I mean, come on. Like, the guy was so good for his time, you know. And he he beat Bill Russell, as I have pointed out before. He beat Bill Russell in the finals, and that was hard to do back then, you know. Yeah, if you can name me another person on the Hawks team uh, in 1958, you uh, you win, you get you get a prize. (laughs) Can you do? Can can you even do that? I'd be. I think you could do it. I bet you most people couldn't though. Well, let's see. let me guess. Paul Arizon. I don't know. Uh, uh, there's only one name so far I recognize. All right. So the only name I recognize is Cliff Hagen, but I would oh, not, yeah. I would not have been able to just like pull that on my ass. Uh, I know no, none, I, none I, of these I, players are, I couldn't tell you a single one is <laughs> right. But, but you know who the heck Bob Pettit is, you know? And then if you go look at that exact same year's um, Boston Celtic, oh, they don't even have their team. And he was one of the early, he was one of the early centers that had a shot, you know. But I bet you Bob Cousy was on that 57-58 team. Uh, So I could name at least two Boston Celtics players. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who's your number 47? Okay, my number 47 is Dennis Johnson. DJ, man, we're getting a lot of uh I know that he also played for Seattle, right? But a lot of a lot of Boston guys. Yeah, Dennis Johnson and uh we talked about him already, but I think it's because you mentioned him. Yep. Uh so Dennis So Dennis Johnson uh, we've talked about before uh, one of the best uh, defensive guards of all time, um, and uh, uh, to be as short as him and be able to defend six nine Magic Johnson, you know, like for a whole series, like that's crazy, you know. Um, so I think about that a lot because Magic had a size advantage on him. You know, he had a height advantage on him. And uh, Dennis Johnson still did a really good job, you know, defensively against Magic Johnson. Yeah. I got. I, I said what I said about Dennis Johnson. He's my number 65. I'm there for it. So uh, moving on to my number 46, this is a difficult selection for me as well because he just seems like he belongs but I don't know if he does. Patrick Ewing never won a championship, was part of the dream team, and also the 96, whatever the name of that team was. Uh, he, belongs. he belongs in 96 was dream team too. But that's all, uh, that's all that they called it. Oh, how how uh, how original. I, I no, think a lot not, of this has to do with at all. A lot of this has to do with him also being like pretty talent, like amazing, just being amazing say, as a college guy, player. Like a, an amazing college player, uh, doesn't have a ton of. I don't know. Like I guess if you include Paul Pierce, you have to put Patrick Ewing on there, right? <laughs> no. Well, I'd say 
you have to put Patrick Ewing and and I I don't think it's like crazy to put him there. Uh he just never won a championship and he he had injury issues. But like as with a lot of players but like the he had uh um uh some injury issues that that uh shortened his career but he was super talented, very skilled uh strong athletic could post up could face up and shoot the jumper uh and you know did that consistently uh could finish at the rim and rebound and play defense all kind of things so uh he uh i think he definitely deserves to be on this list he just never was fortunate enough to win a championship but he did lead the Knicks to the finals. Okay. So I, you know, I, I would like to point that out. One of the times the Knicks went to the finals. Yes, but that's hard and he did it. So, uh, my, uh, who's your number 46. Uh, my number 46 is Derek Fisher. And don't you say a word about me having him there. LOL. Don't you say LOL. a word about me having Derek Fisher on here. I like because... Derek Fisher, but like, I don't like it's, it's one of the, it's another one of those things you are just like, how do you have him so high? <laughs> <laughs> because Derek Fisher to me, um, his value is about more than numbers, you know, uh, it's with Derek Fisher. It's the leadership you get. It's the clutch factor in the clutch. He's one of the most clutch players of all time. Um, and he's got tons of moments where he hit huge shots in games on the big stage and everything, you know, and uh, uh, great defensive player. Um, one of the great spot up lefty shooters ever, you know, so uh probably the the best spot up left-handed jump shooter ever i'd be curious to go back through all of your list this might be the only player that never was an all-star or or selected to an all-nba team yeah but he has five championship rings so and all of them all of them he got all of them as a starter and Kobe Bryant and uh, Shaquille O'Neal vouch for him. So <laughs> that's how you know it's legit. All right. Let's get just think it's a little too high, but uh, you know, take it. My number 45, uh, I'm going to preface this by saying probably something kind of unpopular to characterize this person, but I'm going to call him the greatest role player of all time. And I know how you're going to fight back against this, but. Clay Thompson, a guy who is a great teammate, knows what he needs to do and gets it done whenever he needs to get it done. I think the only reason that Clay Thompson is a role player is because, and he's not really a role player, really, because I think he is part of their uh, three-headed monster in Golden State. So if you're one of the big three on a team, I don't consider you a role player. But, like, uh, you know, 
I agree that he deserves to be on this list, you know. Um, one of the greatest players ever moving without the ball and, and a great defensive player, um, you know, and uh, just a great shooter off the catch. So he definitely deserves to be on this list. He gets really hot at times, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, as evidenced by some of the things that he's done, you know, on the court, the 11 dribbles and 60 points and the 52 points. And then, you know, he had all these things, 37 points in a quarter, I think. So Clay Thompson is incredible and definitely deserves to be on this list, but I wouldn't consider him to be a role player for the reasons I gave. And who's your number 45? My number 45 is Bob Pettit. Oh, we were so close. We were so close. Yeah. So I got Bob Pettit. We've already talked about him a lot. Um, so that's Bob Pettit, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a freaking beast. The Hawk. So, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, then I'll move to my... This isn't technically a Bob, but a Robert. Uh, number 44. Uh, I've heard great things about him. <laughs> Once again, I've seen just highlights uh, of him in particular. I've seen more bird highlights and more McHale highlights. But I'm going to throw uh, Robert Parrish on at number 44. I think this is one of those people uh, that I threw in there just to fill my list. <laughs> yeah, I I personally believe as good as Robert Parrish was, and I've seen him play some old games from when he was older and when he was a little younger, because I watch retro games and have for years, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to just go online and watch retro games all day, you know. So uh, I've seen some uh, uh, games with Robert Parrish playing in it, and uh, Parrish played till he was like 43. So, you know, he had a long career and uh, he uh, he was incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, best known for his time with the Celtics. Um, I believe he ended his career with the Bulls in 1998. Uh, and uh, he uh, you can double check that. But I think. He That's did. the case. Yeah, I mean, little known. Uh, we people forget Robert Parrish. Same number of championships as Steph Curry, as LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, because he won three with Boston <laughs> as their starting. Yeah, then he won his fourth with Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like he was destined to be great, you know. But uh, he he was a great defensive player. Uh, in my opinion, uh, just a very high basketball IQ on both ends of the court, could shoot the mid-range jumper, could post up. He was about seven feet tall and uh, just very skilled, you know. And uh, uh, so and he uh, they, does they hold it. the record for the most games played uh, by an NBA player. 
And that is very, very impressive. Now, he had a very long career, but that is very impressive, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, uh, you know, he is definitely, um, you know, when you talk about all the all time great bigs, you have to mention uh, Robert Parrish. Uh, so yeah. he has been mentioned. They call them. They call them. They call them uh, chief. the chief. They call them the chief after the uh, guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the movie and book. But you know, uh, he that's where that nickname of his comes from. That's so they call him Chief, and uh, um, he. Uh, that's fine. We don't have to talk about Robert Parrish anymore. Who's your uh, Who's your number forty four? <laughs> God, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Like it's uh, like was uh, I droning? Was I droning on? Yeah, you know, we're just doing. You're just doing fun facts. Just doing fun facts, but I have a thing that I have to do, so I need to push it along. <laughs> Who's your oh, number 44? Sorry, sorry. We'll speed this up. My number 44, right? Yep. Charles Barkley. Ooh, seem okay. okay. We, we've already talked about Charles Barkley a lot in the 90s episode. I pretty much told everybody everything I know about him, so uh, let's go to number... What's your number 44? And we can talk about Charles Barkley more because he's way higher on my list. Uh, number 43, similar to Robert Parrish, uh, I've heard great things about him. I think I needed to get him fit in somewhere. Uh, so uh, Bernard King. Uh, <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, he uh, has very few accolades <laughs> to justify. That's why I'm almost 100% sure I just needed to fill in the space somewhere. I don't think he belongs at spot 43. He probably belongs on the top 100 list, but I don't think he belongs at spot number 43. Made a number of all uh, two NBA first teams, uh, one second, one third, four NBA All-Stars, but really never won a damn thing. <laughs> but, but was on a lot of winning, successful teams, you know, and was a scoring machine. So, and I scoring machine for about, mm, yep, for about forever. So, Bernard King, don't have anything else to say except I think I needed to fill in a space. Who's your 43? <laughs> yeah, 43. My 43 is Nikola Jokic. I wanted Ooh. to say his, I wanted to say his name correctly for, for once. I was calling Nikola. I think it's, Nikola, you know, you know, I think this is a proper spot for him. Like I struggle. I put him at spot 80 something and it was just because of the relative newness of him. But like, if I could, I'd switch Bernard King with Nikola Jokic. Like, yeah, I like this. I like this. Yeah. I got Jokic. We've already talked about he's one of the most fundamentally sound big guys ever. He's got some of the best footwork I've ever seen from any, uh, NBA player. Um, and it's just a stud, uh, can handle the ball, but he's got a lot of size, very skilled, can't jump, can't run fast, uh, but, but you know, very fundamentally sound and tall and just skilled and uh, one of the best passing bigs ever. I think, in my opinion, that 
he is the best passing big of all time. Uh, so that's uh, Nikola Jokic. How do you do? You think he should have won back to back MVPs? Just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, that's harder to know. But no. uh, my number forty-two is someone that we've already talked about today, who I think would have made the Lakers a more formidable team, especially going against some of those Boston Celtics teams of the eighties, and also going against some of those Pistons teams that they ended up running up against in the late eighties. Dominique Wilkins, the true Ooh. hawk. <laughs> Uh, never won a championship, but I'll tell you what, I've seen all of his stuff. Uh, I know who he is. I know that he was great. Right. A lot of people have, even people that, even really casual fans that don't, that only like to watch the dunks, you know, they have seen, uh, uh, him, they have watched his highlights because he's one of the most fun basketball players to watch play still to this day the only thing that you can hold against him is that he was going up against michael jordan just wrong place wrong time dominique (laughs) yeah he uh he just was not fortunate enough to win a championship but he played with doc rivers and spud webb and uh Kevin Willis so he had some very good players on his team he just wasn't Jordan and you know uh didn't have a good enough team to beat uh Bird either you know or the Pistons so, yeah just coming up yeah, against a lot of great teams yeah but he had some great great all-time great showdowns with like Larry Bird and like Michael Jordan you know yeah, uh, love him. The human highlight film himself, or real? Sorry, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Um, oh my gosh, his nickname uh, is actually the human highlight film. It should be human highlight reel. Whoever's calling him the human highlight film should be disgusted. Uh, yeah, that's why I call them the human highlight reel in the other episode. But I know better. that technically human, human highlight film, but it, it was just some old dude that said the wrong thing i guess definitely a white dude uh who's your number 42 hey that's not fair you know that a white dude came up like uh, only white dude would say film dorky said something nerdy like that who's who's funny who's your number 42 my number 42 is isaiah thomas which one uh pistons isaiah thomas Okay, okay. Yep, he's on my list a little later on. Uh way later on. I think he uh sorry, you go. It's yours. It's your it's your number. Okay, so I have Isaiah Thomas at number 42, and I know he would probably disagree with that, but you know, it's my list. So I have Isaiah Thomas at number 42. He's one of the most clutch players ever. He's one of the best closers in the history of the game. He's a great scorer. He's one of the best ball handlers that ever played. Uh, He once led the league in turnovers and in the same season led the Pistons to the championship. So, you know, um, Isaiah Thomas, you just kind of had to to let him make some mistakes sometimes. You know, some players – a lot there's a lot of players where it's like that 
Like you have to let them try certain passes and stuff like that. Cause that's just how they play. And they may turn the ball over, but you have to just kind of live with it. That was kind of the situation when Isaiah Thomas led the league in turnovers and they still won the championship. You know, so I, I, in the modern era, I'm pretty sure he's the shortest finals MVP in the history in, in history. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is, too. Um so Isaiah Thomas was incredible. He once scored 25 points in one quarter with a on a on one with on one leg basically because he he rolled his ankle, I believe. And uh it was the finals and he was the leader of the Pistons, so he didn't want to not play, so he played the entire fourth quarter with a jacked up ankle and he scored 25 points. Against the Lakers in the finals. Like, that's crazy. I love it. Um, I like that's a good pick. I, I, I think he should be higher, but I love it. Uh, my number 41, Biggie Elvin Hayes, the first regular all star that didn't win a ton, but he did win an NBA championship in 1978. I'm pretty confident the reason that I selected him was he made the 2015. 20,000, 15,000 club, and even more, the 25,000, 15,000 club, which is points and rebounds. He averaged 21, 12, and two blocks for his entire career. And that is incredibly impressive to me, along with all the other accolades that he has. Have I ever watched him play? No. This is another one of those people who I just know historically is spoken of quite fondly by a lot of the old timers or people who are historians of the game. So I wanted to make sure that he was included based on the little I know about him. Yeah, uh, I, as you know, am a big John Wooden fan and have read a lot of his books. And John Wooden talks about how he would have loved to have been able to coach Elvin Hayes. Yeah, I would I would have I would have loved to coach Elvin Hayes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, John freaking Wooden, you know, was raving about Elvin Hayes, and he had never even coached him. So, who uh, Who's your number 41, Stephen? Okay, my number 41 is Carmelo Anthony. Hmm, where's he on mine? So, I have... Oh, he was on Carmelo the last episode. He was my 54. Great. So I have him at 41, and this is the last number, right? Yep. So at 41, I have Carmelo Anthony. Melo was, when I was 14, I thought Melo should have gone number one in the 2003 NBA draft. Uh, he went number three uh, after uh, Darko Milicic, which I think is a basketball crime. Uh, because uh, he should have at least gone number two, in my opinion. But he went number three, and it was good for him because he he went to Denver and they made the playoffs his first season. And uh, he he was he had his best years of his career in Denver, uh, and uh, he was incredible. You know, six eight, about two forty or so. Uh, so a, a big dude, but really skilled, um, big and strong, but skilled that could handle the ball, could post up, 
could play four positions legitimately, uh, could defend, um, uh, didn't do it consistently, but he could defend, but he was a scoring machine. And, uh, uh, so he could face up and shoot the jumper. He could take you off the dribble. Uh, he could post up, turn over both shoulders. He was incredible. Love it. I think that's a, I, I love Carmelo. I, he unfortunately went up against the Lakers and that second championship run by Kobe. And so like, there's that little bit of animosity there that I go, but like he sucks at defense, but is so fun to watch offensively. So no, you're not going to hear any complaints from me on that, Stephen. Yeah, and I've said this before. Like him when he was younger, I disagree that he was a terrible defender. Sure. But like I think he was a good defender when he was younger. But uh, and he's still a good player now, which tells you something about how good he was then because. Now he's like washed up compared to what he used to be. And he's still a knockdown shooter off the catch. One of the best in the NBA. Yep. 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 All right. Well, uh, the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, thanks again for joining Steven. We hope you give us a listen. And I forget how to end this every time. Please don't take us too seriously. Give us one more chance to change your mind